0: hello thanks again for tuning in to my podcast wretch like me as we are on this two sixty challenge together uh day number fourteen coming to you from Matthew chapter number fourteen I really hope that you're getting something from this i really hope that you're enjoying uh spending time in God's word and spending time with god and today we have a very practical very real uh something very relatable uh coming to us from the word of God and John the Baptist was Jesus' cousin. John was murdered uh, tragically and and horribly because of a crazed and convicted adulterer. Herod had uh, a lady dance in front of him, and he became so intoxicated with her sensual dance that he offered her anything she wanted. The little girl went to her mom and asked for advice on what she should ask for. And remember, her mother hated John because he had confronted her and condemned her for having a relationship with the king. She told her daughter that she ought to to demand uh, the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Man, I've heard of people wanting revenge and being vindictive, but that takes the cake. So Herod gave the order, and John the Baptist was beheaded. And when Jesus heard the news, he withdrew himself and was grieved in sorrow, and he went to a lonely place, an isolated place. He wanted to be alone. Let me read this to you. It says in verse 10, and, and he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. In verse 13, when Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. Now, Jesus was just trying to be alone. He wanted to just be able to process this and be able to have uh, a way to uh, handle his grief. And remember, he absolutely loved John. John was so close to him. And he said that there's nobody, there was nobody like John. He, they had a, just a special relationship. It was John that would leaped in his mother's womb uh, when she heard that Jesus would be born. They had a special connection. So Jesus lost someone to him that he absolutely loved, and his heart was broken. But uh, the big problem was that Jesus, even though he wanted to be alone, the grievous process, noticed, it says, and the multitudes, and the multitudes followed him on foot. Now, Jesus could have very easily had said, hey, I'm kind of having a hard time. Can we plan something for next Tuesday? Can I get back to you? No, that's just not who he was. But I really think this story is in the Bible to really help us, uh, those that have been so overcome with grief and tragic loss. I I want to show you what Jesus did. In verse 14, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Instead of him being isolated instead of him totally withdrawing himself, he then begins to serve. Now notice, I'm not saying and, and it's such an example, there's nothing wrong with taking some time to grieve and to process. But I think this lesson we learn that really to, to begin to heal, really begin to move forward, we need to be around people and we need to be serving. Now consider, consider this, when he saw them, he had compassion on them. He absolutely loved them and saw their needs. This is one of the greatest ways I think we can overcome our grief when we have lost a loved one. Our tendency sometimes leads us to, to loneliness. I want to be alone. Give me some private time. I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone. Just leave me alone. I think we all can relate. But Jesus shows us that compassion trumps grief. The way out of grief and the way out of our our funk and the way out of our 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 hurt, I really believe, is to begin to minister to others. See, when you start to tend to others' needs, God really heals you and takes care of you. It says that Jesus healed them. He he cared more about them. He he loved them. The compassion he wanted to get back to serving them. And I'm telling you. This is so counterintuitive to what any grief counselor would ever tell you. I've never heard a professional counselor, never heard a grief counselor, never heard anyone say that in the, in the midst of our grief, you need to go help somebody. But I believe this is what Jesus' example here is teaching. There is a time to be alone. There is a time to be grieved. There is a time to process it. But there's also a time that you need to get back to serving. You need to get back to loving. Uh, for everyone, it's different. Please don't think that I'm. Some of you have lost uh, folks that you loved, and some of you are. It's so fresh and so new. I understand that. Uh, I'm coming up on the two year anniversary of losing my father, and I wanted to be alone. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be bothered. I just wanted to be alone and process my grief. But when I began to get back in the pulpit, when I began uh, to start ministering to other people, it healed my heart. It helped me to see that God still had a purpose for me. And there was still people that needed me. Friend, I hope this uh, word today is real to you. I hope it helps you with your grief. I hope it helps you uh, to begin to love people and continue to love people. I love you, and I thank God for you. And today, can I challenge you to bow your head and lift your hands and thank God for his awesome and wonderful and amazing grace that saved a wretch like me.